Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on what seems to be a rainy day. Oh, I was going to run out to the beach tonight and drink a couple beers, but it seems like tears in my beers tonight. We're going to make the most of our time together over this next hour. Going to get into the Joe Rose Show, talking to the U's new assistant coach, Rob Likens. Also, Dan Lebetard Show, talking with Sir Charles Barkley, that's right, Sir Charles Barkley, and then Dono and Solano, there's another food draft that has gone on, and as always, the food draft, very controversial. One thing that's not controversial, though, headlines, the NBA has released a 113-page plan for the July 31st restart in Orlando, Bam Adebayo says, we're the heat, I don't think anybody is going to sit out. Tua Tangabaloa has set up a $300,000 scholarship endowment for his former high school in Hawaii. He will set up four more scholarships over the next four years. The Marlins have opened their ballpark for individual workouts. A restart to the season has yet to be determined. The English Premier League returns to action today while over in Italy, Napoli defeated Juventus in a shootout at the Coppa Italia final. Serena Williams says she will play in this year's US Open. The tennis tournament will be held in New York August 31st to September 13th. UNLV has removed the Hey Reb statue from its campus and is expected to make a mascot change away from the Rebels in wake of social justice protests. Kane's assistant Rob Likens, who we'll hear from in just a few minutes, says the team's new offense could possibly benefit the receivers the most. Miami opens the season at home against Temple August 5th. And now, you know what time it is. It is time to step into the day spa. Ah, Guillermo Marino claims he once missed a soccer practice in Chile after being abducted by aliens. I believe it. And if he's lying, it's better than saying your dog ate your homework or your car broke down. A family in Texas recently had a package of 32 bags of marijuana erroneously delivered to its front door. I see now why my neighbor's been checking his mailbox nervously for the past week. Hmm. A woman in Great Britain named Sophia Lips claims to have the country's largest lips and makes 5,000 euros a month sending saucy photos and financially degrading men. Ooh, my hot mess of the day. Austrian police have fined a man 500 euros for provocative and uncooperative massive flatulence. Some use knives. Others guns, this dude uses farts. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, rainy with temperatures around 
80. Wake up in the morning, get your Joe. The Joe Rose Show, 6 to 10, right here on 560 The Joe. Had to get it this morning because he was talking to a new assistant coach at the U, Rob Likens, about the adjustment he's making from Arizona to Southern Florida. Keeping it simple on the offense. Also, recruiting with the U on your chest and key to being a great, great wide receiver. Before we get going on all this football stuff for for Canes fans, going from Scottsdale in Phoenix, Arizona, where it gets friggin' so hot in the friggin' summer after spending time out there, uh, to to the humidity. How's the adjustment been so far? Yeah, it was tough at first, but uh, you know, I kind of um, I moved down to the to the deep south in South Mississippi in high school from uh, Youngstown, Ohio. So I have been introduced to it before, and you know, and I, I played at Mississippi State and practiced in the in the August heat and so you know the first thing I did when I got down here is I started running started working out in the middle of the day like at around two o'clock just to get my body used to it it was a struggle there for the first couple weeks but now that uh, I've been working out in it it's uh I'm pretty used to it well welcome to the sweat box we want to be the first to welcome you down here that that you can always get a good sweat coach that darn it that's what we wanted to make sure we wanted to ask you uh listen it's no secret uh the passing game is has really struggled whether it's quarterback or offensive line but receivers just have not overall through the years here put up numbers like we've seen your program at Arizona State do Rhett Lashley's guys where he came from well what's the biggest thing for you as you you talk to all your receivers about putting up some some good numbers that are good for recruiting and good for winning it starts with the system what happens is that um you know in college football people don't realize we don't have a whole lot of time with the player if you're running a pro style offense in college football nowadays and you expect these kids to learn the playbook like an NFL guy learning a playbook and he has all day long to do it without the distractions of going to school, of being 18 to 21 years old and all of those things, man, you're just asking for trouble in my opinion. You're asking too much of them. You can't, they can't learn it. So they have this, this an abundance of plays, but they don't have the, 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 uh, uh, the skill level because they're trying to do so much to back it up. You know, it just, right. to me, it just shows on the field. So it's, starts with a simplistic system and it starts with getting these guys you don't have to teach them so much but then you can concentrate on the very small minute details of your assignment over and over and over again and I think that's the secret to success in college football wherever you are in the country whatever uh, college you coach for when it comes to recruiting I know there's the lure of the South Florida talent the 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 amount of players down here and how good the players are three star three star five star four star whatever the case may be now that you're here and you're surrounded by it. We get to see it every weekend when high school football is on here, but now that you're here and you're going to be able to recruit this area as your home, how much does that kind of excite you knowing what kind of talent is down here in South Florida? Oh, yeah. I think as, as a recruiter, I think in coaching football for 30 years, I think what you'll you'll find out is a lot of recruiting has to do with what little thing you got, what emblem you got there sitting on your shirt when you walk into school has a lot to do with it. You know, when I first had an opportunity to, to talk uh, to Miami and, and talk to Coach Diaz and Coach Lashley, the thought about coming here to the U, a brand that when I was at Temple University from 1998 through 2003 that I became very well familiar with in the Big East and back when, when uh, you know Miami was rolling through college football, just knowing that I was going to be a part of that 
man, that that was like the number one thing that excited me most was thinking about the the possibilities of recruiting with a with a Miami shirt on. Coach, um, I, I want to get back to some of the guys because we had this debate all the time, and we're not recruiting the right guys, and they're they're not. And I go, listen, Wiggins and Hardley and Pope and Peyton got recruited by a lot of big schools, a, a lot. And I just threw out a couple of names, coach, of, of guys you're coaching right now, and they go, wow. So so it goes back to. You've had a chance now. You've seen what first-round picks look like. You've had two the last two years in Arizona State. What do these guys look like? Do you see Do you see some of the talent? What do you tell those guys, Coach? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, and, and I have been blessed to be around two first-round draft picks back-to-back. Uh, -back. And, you know, one of them was extremely highly recruited. I think he was rated as the number one guy coming out of high school. And then the other one was complete opposite. He had, like, one scholarship offer coming out of junior junior college. The thing that you look for is a guy that loves football. I think that's the most important thing. A guy, if you, if you want to be drafted in the first round, and, and I show our players clips all the time, you want to be drafted in the first round, this is what a first round draft pick looks like. Or a guy that's going to be successful at the next level is you have got to love football. You know, you got to be mentally tough because there's going to be some down times and some tough times are going to come your way. You're going to be, have to be able to filter through all of that stuff and yeah obviously you have to have a certain skill level skill level but guys i've, I've coached two walk-ons that were drafted in the fourth round and so i i really do believe wow. i do believe with all my heart you can develop wide receivers you can all positions but i just know from my experience you can develop wide receivers if you do the same things over and over and over and over again every day and that will develop them a, a, a specific skill set that's going to just help them on game to game day that's going to make them look good that's what i want to bring to this team coach i want to ask you about pope because pope's a guy that w was a big get when he came out and they just for whatever reason it just hasn't come together the way i thought it would i i was so far what do you tell you you've seen the talent on all these guys but w just talk about pope a little bit what you've seen and, and what you've talked to him about you think simplifying things some have said that will really help him yeah I think it helps everybody because instead of sitting around um, trying to learn uh, you know 15 16 different pass concepts you learn okay my right foot is up okay how am I coming off the ball against the way this defensive back is playing me instead of hey what do I got on this play and if anybody if any listeners guys you played sport you know we have a saying in the sports world if, if you're thinking you're stinking right? right and so we have got to like get rid of that process where players are thinking so much and just let them play ball I think that's the number one thing that's going to help him you know because he does have a tremendous skill set that he you know it should translate to him being a, a really good player because he has just great quickness what I what I look for and also to answer part of the question before about what it looks like to be a great player is I think you have to have great lateral quickness as a wide receiver because the game has changed there's so much more press coverage you're going to get bump and run about 75% of the time when you're an outside receiver. And if you can't get off press coverage, man, you look bad. So, But if you have that lateral spot quickness, the five-yard quickness, the quick twit, then that should translate into you being able to get off press coverage. And, and Mark Pope has as good as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, Coach, with the new offense coming down here, Red Lashley's kind of air raid offense, you knowing a lot about it also, how is how important is it to not just have the athletes on the outside and even the Titans on the inside, but to have that quarterback that knows this offense very 
very well to have it work the way you guys want it. When you're getting into the world of, of RPOs, run, pass, option, you know, the key word in there is option. And um, that means the quarterback has an option. And so that's the one guy on the team. You know, he's, he is going to have to be thinking and things like that. So the quarterback has decisions to make. And so that's like the big key, you know, in football. And then after he makes the decision, does he have the skill level to be able to, to execute that decision? properly and uh so yes everything uh comes down to you know your your quarterback on whether the the system's going to be successful coach all right we'll just get right more more specific on that one how, how good Derek king looks so far <laughs> out there well what do you seen from a little bit of spring and and throwing with the guys i wish i could answer that question better and uh, but he- here's what I'll tell you. When we started fall, or, I'm sorry, spring practice, you know, we only had four days, and I'm coaching 14 guys that I never met before, you know. Um, <laughs> and I'm just fair. trying to get those dudes, and we're putting in a new system. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even look over to see who was playing quarterback in the spring. I was so caught up in my guys making sure they were lining up right, making sure they were in the right stance, doing all of the right things. I did notice one play when uh, we ran uh, a ran a play and I can't remember if it was a quarterback scramble or he or he just pulled it on a run or whatever but I saw him run really fast and took it like about 60 yards so that looked nice yeah that's, that's, nothing, that's a good tease yeah. nothing wrong with that hey coach just a, a little follow-up to the recruiting because it's so big down here and it always comes up and as you know the whole country especially the big guys all come down here and recruit the talent uh you were in Arizona I know you guys recruited California a lot and you're also at Berkeley and recruited California a lot talent in this smaller area, you were familiar with it before. Is there as much talent as everybody talks about in uh, in Dade and Broward County? We call South Florida. Really, could answer that question a lot more if you if you give me a, a year being here. A- but I can say that there is a ton just watching film, watching the speed, watching the quickness. And there is in California, too. I think if you give me a year under my belt, I'll be able to answer that answer that yeah. with a bit more detail. But from what I've seen being down here this short period of time and watching as much film as I as I have on local recruits, it's a hotbed and it's a great place to be. We're kind of jacked up about getting this thing going. Everybody's wanted to spread offense. Uh, we got it. And uh, and now putting the guys in there and, and getting them ready. And hopefully this thing starts on time for everything, Coach. But we really appreciate you coming on and uh, spend a little bit of time with us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And I, too, am looking forward to all of this. I am ready for some football action. The Canes, they're on the way up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Speaking of being on the way up or maybe getting down, the Dan Levitard Show with Charles Barkley? Charles Barkley joins us on ESPN Radio. Are you someone who pees in the shower? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That and so much more from Sir Charles in just about five minutes here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on, oh, a rainy hump day. So to help you get over the hump, debump, some hump, debump from the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What day is it? Hump day. And it seems like the Dan Levitard show, they're just hitting their stride right about now. Earlier today, they talked about Sir Charles Barkley, about pee in the shower. Also got into some social justice issues. What are college kids up to these days? Sir Charles's take on Drew Brees. Not to mention, Sir Charles talks about politics. Good, bad, indifferent. You'll find out. All right, before we get to the serious stuff, I guess we got to start out with the hard stuff. Charles Barkley joins us on ESPN Radio. Are you someone who pees in the shower? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. My my faith in America Whoa. has been restored, uh, but Bomani Jones and Mina Kimes and Antonio Davis think you're disgusting. Wait, so what? You, you're going to get out of the shower to pee? Exactly. Well, you're going to pee before you get in the shower. Yes, well, I, sometimes I, it doesn't work like that. Okay. Charles, have you ever peed in the shower without being in the actual shower? Because I, mean, I have. Absolutely. Yes! <laughs> oh, no. Yes! Absolutely. <laughs> because it's a drain. Okay, how about a jacuzzi in a pool? Oh, definitely a pool. <laughs> definitely a pool. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't been in a pool. I'm not going to lie. I probably haven't been in a pool in 25 to 30 years. But what? when I was yeah, when I was a teenager, I, I, I'm not a big swimmer, uh, so I haven't been in a pool, and so I can't remember last time I've been in a pool. Are you afraid of it? Hey, Are you afraid? Hey, let me tell you something. I got a pool at my house. And I, and I can't, and I, I don't think I've ever been in it. Uh, but do you have a fear of it, or no? I know I'm just not a swimmer. So, but as a teenager, you just stayed in the shallow end. Uh, no, I can swim now, but I'm not gonna get out. The, wait, you want me to get out the pool and get out the shower to pee? Of course not. That's just come on now. <laughs> All right, very good. What's uh, the point? On to more serious <laughs> topics here. Uh, the the America feels like it's shaking, Charles. I know you're an emotional person. I know. I know you care about Atlanta. When you see everything that's happening right now in this country, uh, how emotional does it make you and does it scare you? I think it's, it doesn't scare me because I don't know how many sensible people we have. You know, it's, this is a time to have some common sense, not be emotional. Uh, nothing good is when you, uh, when you make emotions except you just make bad decisions. I'm trying to step back. And there's a lot of noise going on, a lot of noise. A lot of people making a lot of noise. I'm just hoping people with common sense step to the forefront. And right now, there's not a lot of that right now. It's a lot of yelling and screaming, not a lot of listening. And uh, it, it, that's the only thing that scares me. We got a lot of people. Hey, Eric, common sense is not so common. I mean, so I, I just hope that we got some people, people step up and like, hey, hey, everybody calm down. You know, you got people talking about uh, defunding the police and things like that. That's going to have a really detrimental effect on black people, brown people, and poor people. Who are they going to call? Ghostbusters? Because uh, let me tell you something. The white neighborhoods, they're going to always have cops. Let's get that out the way. I mean, listen, we need to make police reform. We don't want any black men or brown men or white people in general also. We don't want anybody killed by the cops. But this notion that we need to get rid of all the cops, that's just stupid and asinine. Like I say, who are poor black people going to call? Ghostbusters? Give me a break. We just need police reform. We need the police to hold each other accountable. But, man, we got a lot of people making a lot of noise out here who don't know what the hell is going on. How about as it relates to Atlanta, Charles, because you, you, you're there a lot. Uh, it is a black city. Uh, there are complicated relationships with the police officers there, uh, many of whom are black. What do you do with what's happening in Atlanta right now? Well, I think you have to take these things on an individual basis. 
you know, Atlanta is, you know, going back to a month ago when the young black kid, Mr. Aubrey, was killed when he was out jogging. That can't happen. Uh, that's, that's really, really bad. Uh, you know, the thing that happened last week is different circumstances. Uh, you have to look at the thing. You have to look at the, what happened in Minnesota was just a travesty and a disgrace. I mean, to see somebody killed on national television videotape, uh, that's one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. Uh, to see a person get to just somebody, and then he was so casual about it with his hands in his pocket. I mean, that, that to me made it worse because if, if you're worried about your life, you're not going to have your hands in your pocket. So that was a travesty and a disgrace. We need police reform, Dan. We don't need, uh, we need them to understand, and we need to understand that we need each other. Like I say, we got too many fools out there talking like we got to get rid of all the cops. The good neighborhoods, they're not going to get rid of cops. White neighborhoods are not going to get rid of cops. So we need to work with the cops. Uh, we need reform, plain and simple. What did you make of the 10 days or so where Drew Brees is going from autopilot saying the thing that he always says about the flag to apologizing three uh, times, reversing course after being shamed by most of the players in his league, and now all of a sudden Roger Goodell saying uh, Black Lives Matter, we were wrong all along. Well, the NFL, they were wrong for what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, you know, he was trying to peacefully protest, and he got blackballed, and he doesn't have a job. I think the situation with Drew Brees was different. Uh, I thought people overreacted. I thought it was overkill. Listen, Drew Brees' words speak. Uh, he's a, a great person. Drew Brees had just written a check for $5 million to black people in New Orleans for food banks. And he had worked on legislation a couple of years ago to let uh, felons, black felons, vote again. And I thought I was disappointed that we turned the show, that we turned this relationship over to these idiot fools and jackasses on morning TV uh, shows and the Internet. Nothing good happens when you got these fools on morning talk shows or you turn the world over to the Internet. Because that's where all the losers and fools hang out at, on the Internet. Uh, listen, Drew was insensitive. Uh, I think he knows that. But the way... The NFL just, the players just like, they know Drew Brees. They know all the good stuff he's did. But they turned it over to fools on talk TV uh, and the Internet. And that's where all the idiots live, on those two forums. Charles, one of the interesting things that has happened, I'm certain you've noticed, is college kids really finding their voices and calling out coaches and calling out people in charge at their universities or others, or even going back 15, 20 years. Uh, how do you feel about college kids using their voices the way they've used them here in the last few weeks? Well, I think that's a very slippery slope. Uh, are we going to get to the point where we let college kids tell people who they got to vote for? Let's say hypothetically, Listen, I think that, I, I, first of all, I don't even know anything about that network, but they can't be any worse than Fox News, which is awful. If, if, a, if a coach wanted to vote for Trump, who is not the, who's probably, it's going to be hard to find a worse president than Trump. But if some if college coach or somebody wanted to vote or support Trump, do the players have a right to get that coach fired? To, to me, that's a very, very slippery slope. I, I think that what we need to do is like, Hey man, take a deep breath. Like I say, I'm not a Trump fan. Don't want to. Uh, but if 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 uh, a college coach wants to support Trump, we're becoming fools like these other fools on TV. Were you a liberal or a conservative? I'm like, wait a minute. How do we get to the point where our politicians and both parties suck? Let's get that out the way. I, I voted Democratic my entire life, uh, and I'm starting to wonder, like, man. 
of I'm like, what exactly have they done for poor black people? I mean, we're still all black and poor. We're still in the worst neighborhoods. We still got the worst schools. I mean, the Republicans, they're just going to take care of rich people. But I'm starting to question, like, man, why have I voted Democratic my entire life? Because I've come to the conclusion that both of these parties suck. I just think we get we got a very slippery slope and we let college kids say, no, no, you got to be, you can't support Trump if you like Trump. You have to be in a certain camp or we're going to get you fired. Uh, I just think that's a very slippery slope. Sound you know, like an keep... old conservative, Charles. Uh, no, you... I sound like a guy who's trying to be fair and honest. <laughs> you know, it's so funny watching TV uh, for the last three or four um, three or four weeks. I love all these white guys who are so pro-black. Do you think we wouldn't have any problems in this country? <laughs> you know, it's been really fun. Like, every white guy on TV now is terrified. He's got to be, I'm 100% with all these black folks. And I'm thinking, like, if y'all had been with us from the beginning, we wouldn't be behind 400 years. But, but they're scared to death, and it's funny to watch. Listen, man, I think what, you, what I tell anybody, why don't you go and look and see what people have actually done, and then your actions do speak for themselves. It's very easy. So what if you actually done to help black people, help poor people? That action always speaks for itself. But right now, it's, it's funny watching TV because everybody's all in on the Black Lives Matter and black empowerment. I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do? It's great to say that and make a lot of money on TV and radio. But like, okay, now it's time for us to start doing some action. Charles Barkley, just keeping it real. Speaking of keeping it real... South Florida Sun Sentinels Dolphins beat writer Omar Kelly. He is going to join Dono and Solano next. Not just food takes, but Tua takes on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hopefully you're staying high and dry here in South Florida or wherever you're listening on the Radio.com app, online, WQAM.com, or if you're listening to this on a podcast because you can download the podcast for this show or any of the shows and listen to it at your leisure wherever you get your podcast. So WQAM.com, Radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free all around the world. Mm-mm-mm. Good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, earlier today, Dono Solana filling in for Hawk and Crowder. Crowder's taking care of his baby boy that was just born. And Hawk, I don't know what he's taking care of, but I'm sure he's taking care of something, whether it be a snack, whether it be his family, whether it be the oil in his car. I don't know. He's enjoying a little bit of vacation time. No worries, though. Team joined by Omar Kelly earlier today. Omar Kelly hitting it out the park when it comes to breakfast foods. And he's got a take on Tua. The take that maybe Tua needs to also, like Hawk, take a little vacation for a while. How are you, man? How you been holding up these past few months? I'm good, man. I I, I follow you on on the gram, well, not Instagram, but Twitter, and, and you know your son. He's, he's nearly got his doctorate by now, right? <laughs> yeah, he's getting so big, man. And uh, and yeah, and Omar, I, I've started, and, and you're uh, you're a father as well. You've you've got a son who's what has he got to be like 18 now, right? Oh, he's 18. I just gave him a driving lesson today. I'm like God. I'm like I'm not sure. I got to debate it with myself whether I can whoop him anymore. Like yeah, you know, <laughs> can I take it? <laughs> well, it's funny. It's like one of the lessons I'm learning. 
learning now, Omar, is that uh, I was watching a, a soccer game with him the other day, and I, I got very frustrated, and I, I just yelled out, like, MF, like, really loud. And, of course, oh. he starts repeating it, and my wife overheard this whole thing. She was not too happy with me. Thankfully, I, I didn't say it again in front of him, and he forgot about it a few minutes later. But I, I'm starting to learn that the kid, he's two and a half years old now, he repeats everything I say, good or bad. Yeah, you you think he forgot about it. He's calling you that MF in his brain every time you take away his favorite toy. <laughs> oh, man. So a little bit later on, Omar, we're going to get into some, uh, some Dolphin stuff with you, but... We're going to have you make your draft pick before we get to that. Now, we're having a breakfast sandwich draft. Uh, you've participated yeah. in some of these food drafts before, but I also know that Alex Solana tends to do a terrible job explaining it to the people who join us to make oh. picks. So do you feel like you have like a good idea of what we're doing yeah. here with this breakfast sandwich draft? I have to make a selection of a breakfast sandwich that I would get from a fast food establishment. I am so shocked. I feel like I'm drafting Michael Jordan and 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 Chang and and Clay Ferrero chose you know Sam Bowie and and <laughs> Clyde Drexler. And I have to go with the BK Chris sandwich. There's nothing yes! like the Chris sandwich yes! in the world. Like wow. and oh, Omar, I'm Omar, it, I'm getting you hit it, it out of the park. Only egg, egg and sausage because. I, you could try to put the bacon in there, but the bacon just doesn't taste right. It's hmm. got to be the sausage, and I don't do cheese, so I, you know, I specifically ask for it, uh, sausage and egg. I, I I've been eating that for like older than my son, maybe twenty five years. When I don't feel like cooking myself breakfast or I'm on the road, I'm looking for Burger King. Literally, it's yeah. the only breakfast sandwich I eat. If I go to McDonald's and I'm getting breakfast from McDonald's, I'm getting the pancake meal with eggs and you know the the little sausage because no sandwich at mcdonald's even comes close wow uh omar first and foremost i think dono owes you an apology he told me off air he thinks you're gonna botch this pick and i i think you you nailed it however <laughs> did nail omar it. yeah I, I, however omar a quick question about the chris sandwich because i love it a chris sandwich is always a good selection when you're hitting up a bk in the morning but don't they usually mess it up like you'll get it and it's it's either not <laughs> melted all the way or the croissant the croissant is like flat it's no longer like uh, yeah. this beautiful puff pastry yeah. you know, like so the, the croissant sandwich isn't always a reliable selection <laughs> because when you want a croissant sandwich you want that croissant to really you know you want it to be toasted but the perfect kind Listen, of toasted you don't want it if, to be flat if if i would taste a real croissant sandwich sandwich not made by burger king i probably wouldn't even recognize it I'm just used to the bread being squishy. The yeah. uh, only problem I have is when they toast it too much. It right. can't be too right. crispy and it can't be too soggy. That's when we're we're at a problem. But and hopefully they change the oil on on the hash browns. It, it's also don't underestimate the Bach Minute Made orange juice that comes with the meal. People get coffee. I don't drink coffee, mm. so I get the Bach Minute Made orange juice. And I'm telling you, you could buy Minute Made from your Publix or Winn Dixie wherever you want to buy. It's not going to taste as good as that little box of Minute Maid orange juice. Yeah, that's for and kids. Back, he's so no, no, but honestly, he's so right, and I don't know why it is because he's absolutely right. There's something about, and oftentimes. I'll get both. Like, I'll get, like, a small coffee and the orange juice. And you're right. There's something about that particular box of orange juice. Even though it's the same brand you can get anywhere else, it just tastes yeah. better. It's like they sprinkle a little crack on it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But it's so good. When it's done, you'll never – I'll never drink orange juice and be like – and when it's done, I'll be like, damn, it's done. But that Minute Maid little box of orange juice, like you can't even go to McDonald's and get orange juice. You might as well just get fruit punch because it's going to be orange juice on the bottom, water on the top. 
It's just so horrible and gross. But that little box that they sell of Minute Maid orange juice at Burger King, priceless. So, so good. And you know what? Uh, he hit it out of the park because I've been saying the last couple days that uh, I am a big, big fan of the Chris Sandwich. So well done by you. Now, I, I did want to ask you some football questions as well, Omar. I know that there's a debate springing up about Tua. Uh, if, if he if he's completely healthy and he has no restrictions in training camp and he's performing at a high level, uh, should Brian Flores let the best man win and start him if he really plays well? Or should they make like a, a deliberate effort to bring him along slowly and wait before they give Tua a chance to start? I am personally, this is my personal preference, of the opinion that Tua is not here for 2020. He's here for all of 2020. And so I am not of the belief that rushing him onto the field nine months after he's had a hip procedure and allowing an opponent to land on him awkwardly um, would be a wise move. I personally, this is my personal opinion, and I have, I've talked to people within the team, and, and they're split. They've got varying opinions. They wanted to wait until they've got their medical doctors to look at him and work him out, and he's doing that now. He's working out every morning at the Dolphins facility. I feel like he needs a complete full year of surgery and rehab. He suffered his injury, I believe, November 9th. I'm not clearing him to play until November 9th. And the reason why is because I've, I've been covering professional sports for uh, over a year. While an athlete might tell you, hey, man, I came back from this ACL in nine months. I feel completely great. I feel like I'm 100%. I heard from Albert Wilson, who had a hip injury, that he was 100% all year from training camp up to November uh, and he never looked like he was 100%. They lie. They lie to themselves. They lie to their coaches. They lie to their trainers. And then you, you, you let a year progress, and you talk to them again. They're like, yeah, man, man, when I had a full year to heal, I felt better. I felt so much better, like much like myself. Then another two years pass, and it's like I don't even notice the injury. I don't even, I don't even favor anything. I don't believe athletes, and while two of them might say, I'm great, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm I'm not feeling anything. You might feel like Superman. I'm not playing him until it's been exactly 365 days since he had the surgery. You make a great point, Omar, about Albert Wilson, because you're right. Like He didn't look like himself after that hip injury, even though he kept saying he was 100%. Yeah. But does this mean, does this mean then on the surface here, does this mean that if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down with an injury at any point this season, it's not Tua Tungabailoa that's coming in. It's Josh Rosen. Because if that's what you're saying, like fans are going to have a problem with that. Whether whether or not it's the right thing to do, by the way, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but whether or not it's the right thing to do, if it's Josh Rosen coming in, if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, like how, how are fans going to react to that? I don't think it's going to be a positive reaction. I, I think part of the problem that the Dolphins fan base has always had generally, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, is that cower to their fans and what they want and that's not always the wisest decision i i would rather err on the side of caution and then let it be an issue that oh okay he, he sat he learned and and hey we played another quarterback we only won six games um you know there's no there's no harm in sitting him till uh, uh, till november 15th and having him play the final month of this you know having him play the final four games of the season or fi or play final three games of the season there's absolutely no harm in that no shame in that if he's ready if he want if 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 that's what's what's right for the organization i'm sure he's going to want to he's going to practice and he's going to look great and 
training camp. But keep in mind, they wear red jerseys in training camp. Nobody can touch Tua. When it comes to a game, all bets off. Fair game to hit, destroy, put all your weight on his hip. Um, and trust me, he'll be a marked man because he's, he's Tua Tagovailoa. I would rather err on the side of caution because, truthfully speaking, um, and this is from people who are in the medical profession, all it takes is one bad hit for him to land on that hip, re-injure it again, have to do another procedure, then they learn that he has blood flow issues in his hip and needs a hip replacement, and career is over. So I personally do not want to take that chance. That hit can come on snap number three, or it can come on snap number 303, or snap number three, th- 333,000. You never know when that hip is coming. <laughs> but I'm giving that hit, I'm giving that, hit uh, uh, that hip a full year to heal. Like people always act like, oh, I just had a procedure. Have you, have you, either of you ever had any procedure? I had medically? my wisdom teeth removed. Yeah, I've had, oh, I've had three, three surgeries, two, two on my left hand. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple surgeries. Have had, even after the surgery, you're, 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 what you had repaired, was it ever the same? Never. Okay. So don't sit here and think that his chip is going to be automatically healed and just like it was before. It's never going to be the same. Anything that's ever repaired, it's never the same. So assuming that he's just going to be a thousand percent because he said so, it's dangerous. When you selected him and he was one of three first-round picks, yes, you did a dangerous thing. But now follow up that dangerous thing by ensuring that he's as healthy as he could possibly be before you put him out there at harm's way for 380-pound men to, to dive on him. We're seeing right Just now. Just call me Debbie you know, Downer. The Dolphin fans no, will be all upset. Just call me Debbie listen, Downer. I mean, I'm depressed, but I'll get I'll get over it. All right. So, so we're seeing like with the with the NBA and even more so Major League Baseball, the challenges uh, of coming back from a pandemic. Now, for the NFL, the timing has worked out that you know this has been the off season the entire time. But you know, when, when you look forward to you know training camp starts and even preseason and regular season, like, is there any concern to to things being pushed back? and not starting on time and and at what point might there actually be fans in the stands i think the nfl is so thankful that the nba and soccer are trying this and starting it out and they can learn from their mistakes and 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 the issues that they had my biggest concern is what happened in dallas this week where what is it six players got COVID, and in texas you know, University of Texas. I think they've got a, a, a handful of players with COVID. Okay, what happens then? The quarantine the whole team. An executive brought up, brought this up to me. Okay, let's say you're going into the game. Everybody gets tested on Friday, and then you got six players tested positive for COVID. What happened? Your whole offensive line's got COVID. What happens then? Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not canceling the game. You know, we got to be, we got to err on the side of caution. Um, I, I think it's better to start camps as soon as, as soon as they can possibly can. I would even, if I, if it were me and I was running the NFL, I would say, okay, stop all this Zoom off season crap. Let's go on your vacation. You got, you got a full month of vacation where you have, don't have to do anything football related and camps opening up on June 15th. It's opening up a little early, two weeks of conditioning, and then we'll start the football stuff. Daily testing. I mean, daily, daily, 
daily, you know, weekly testing probably on a Friday and we'll see where we are. But until then, you, nobody knows because nobody, nobody's able to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, good stuff here from Omar Kelly. Solid pick with the Chris Sandwich in the breakfast uh, sandwich draft and, and good NFL takes as well. Follow this man on Twitter at Omar Kelly. Check out his work in the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Omar, thank you so much. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Omar Kelly, that is my dude, dude. We work here together at the radio station. We work out at the same gym, the U-Fit on 79th Street. We see each other all the time. Love hearing from him, especially on a day like today when he just seems to be right about everything. The BK, Chrisanwich, whoo, it is fire. Tua taking a year off to rest that hip. Can't agree anymore. Players, take the month off, take the weeks off. Spend time with your family. If you're single, spend time with your old lady. Get yourself healthy and get yourself into gear. Omar, Omar, Omar. Now, I do have my Mount Rushmore of breakfast sandwiches because Dono and Solana said, have four ready just in case we have to go to you. So I'm going to share them with you right now. These are my top four breakfast sandwiches across the globe. I got Waffle House's Patty Melt. Not so many Waffle Houses here in South Florida, but all over the South, the Waffle House is like religion. So the Waffle House Patty Melt. Then, anywhere you go, get a hard fried egg sandwich with mayonnaise on it. Whoo, man. Doesn't matter if it's a diner. Doesn't matter what type of restaurant it is. Very nice. A hard fried egg sandwich with mayonnaise. Cannot go wrong with that. If you're here in Miami, Enriqueta's Croqueta Sandwich. Enriqueta right outside of Wynwood. That Croqueta Sandwich is to die for. And if you want a bagel, it's kind of a chain, although it's right here in South Florida. Offer Dolls Bagel with Egg, Sausage, and Cheese. So yeah, Waffle House Patty Melt. Anywhere else you go, hard fried egg sandwich with mayonnaise. Here in Miami, Enriqueta's Croqueta Sandwich. You can also go with Offer Dolls Bagel, Egg, Sausage, and Cheese. Oh, that is so right. I love it. Oh, so much. And I also always love spending time with you, especially on a day in South Florida like today where there's no beach. There's no walking around. There's no running around. It has been rainy. It has been nasty. It is supposed to be like that for the next day or so. How do I know? No, I'm not a meteorologist, not even a weather forecaster. I just look at my phone every once in a while. Good way to keep up to date with a lot of things. Look at your phone. It'll tell you the weather. It'll tell you the traffic. It'll tell you the news. But it'll never give you the insight that we give you here into the South Florida sports scene 560 the joe wqam so be sure to keep listening to us and remember to download the podcast help me out trying to help you out as best i can by giving you the weather so you don't have to look at your phone i'm kidding nonetheless podcasts absolutely free wherever you get your podcasts wqam.com or you can simply go to the radio.com as stream us live and you can also download podcasts that's gonna about do it Tomorrow, we'll be right back at it. Joe Rose in the morning. Dan Levitard followed by Dono and Solana. They're going to be making it happen because Hawk and Crowder still on siesta for at least another day. They will be back, though, on Friday. Then tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, right here for another edition of the Best of the Joe Show. I am Dan Day. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. And please keep listening to this station, 560 The Joe WQAM. Later, slug. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.